Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Cardian Dads. In this episode we get on the point of a mental struggle that a lot of us have started to uh, come across here. And that is how safe is slow. And by what we mean by that is once you hit like a certain comfort zone in carding or in any athletic sports that you do, and you get really comfortable and you get in that safe place. So once you get in that safe place, it's hard to get out of that comfort zone. So that is what this episode is based on because we're all struggling with this. And um, right now it's not benefiting any of us in our group. So... Uh, if you struggle with something like this, you know, please let us know. Please continue to follow our podcast. Uh, please continue to share with all your friends and uh, give us as much feedback as you possibly can. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. What's going on, man? What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing all right, man. It's been a while since we've uh, kind of got to sit down and do a podcast because if I'm not at Disney, you're at Disney, and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I know. Well, two weeks. It, it feels like it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I don't know. I guess we talk so much every day. Really, yeah. If we're not actually recording, this feels like it's been a while. So, how are you feeling right now? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's kind of hard to say, but I've really had like a nice open mind to a, a whole bunch of things. Um. Mainly due to my job, I've got to really use my uh, creative ability to create something really cool. Yeah. And so, look, I just get to carry that over to, you know, things outside of work, which, you know, the the whole philosophy is you don't take your work with you or you don't take your personal life to work and you don't take your work back to your personal life. But I am a very creative person. I mean, everybody who knows my dad kind of understands maybe where I get it from. Um. But yeah, and I just got to use my brain in a whole different realm than normal. So, yeah. uh, like for me right now, carding is kind of taking a back seat for a little bit until you know recently, um, and talking to some of our friends and who are went up to or who are going up to um, Roblin Road to go racing. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, there's a big uh, big race going on. I just got so tied up into uh, this project that, you know, kind of put things aside. So what did you build? I want to know. <laughs> top, um, secret, top secret for Bacardi? Yeah, kind of, sort of. It's uh, oh, a project that... You, you uh, classified nonsense. <laughs> no, it's a project that every, um, for people who don't know, I work for Bacardi Rum. Um, yes, I always smell like rum. Yes, I always stink. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so every Bacardi plant throughout the world is making certain projects. And um, right now for Bacardi USA, uh the only Bacardi bottling facility plant in the United States um, is luckily here in Jacksonville, and I am privileged to work for this company. So um, we have four lines yeah. or five lines that, uh, and each line has a project, and we run two shifts. One line has three shifts, but each shift has a different, you know their own different project. And right now mine is 
I just built pretty much an officially a um, fish tank, pretty much. I built my own rump tank out of acrylic, and uh, the first time I've ever worked with acrylic, as you know, I'm a pretty good uh, metal fabricator, and I do a lot of fabricating with metals, and with welding, and running lays and CNC's and stuff like that, but this is the first time I've ever worked with acrylic glass, so it was really cool. I, I am proud of this project, and the winner of the United States um, contest goes to Mexico, where everybody in the world, of all the Bacardi plates of the world, goes to Mexico to represent what they're doing. Yeah. So, right now, it looks like uh, my project might be the front runner of it. I'm not quite sure, but uh, we've done a lot of I've done a lot of fabricating work, and I've had um, some help of. You know, some people on my my line in my group, and it's gonna be really cool. I have a bunch of pictures, and I don't know if my work will allow me to display them or not. But uh, it's we we yeah, won't tell them that really I, cool. I've seen. We won't tell them I've seen some of it. We won't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we might edit this out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, nah, man, that's that's cool. And I was stoked when you told me because the first day you said it. What did you say? Fishing? You said dam or rum? And I was like, dam, rum, something. And it was a typo. And I was so confused. Like, how is that <laughs> a run tank? That's what you said. You said I'm building yeah, a, a rum tank. A rum tank. I'm like, what on earth is a rum tank? And yeah. then you explained. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that was a so weird thing pretty to much see officially I, I I've created the very first single filler valve rum tank or any kind of tank um, for any bottling company so I mean Anheuser Busch is you know doing I think in cans are at like fifteen hundred cans per minute and at bottles are doing like twelve hundred bottles per minute yeah. and then Jacksonville having so many breweries here you know they either source their stuff out and send their beer or anything else to another co-packer to pack it for him. Uh, but yeah, I've created my own very first single um, head filler valve. That's awesome. Unit, I guess. I don't know. Kind of complex. If you're not in manufacturing, it's hard to understand. But yep, that's what I've been doing. And it's been taking a lot of my time and I've been you know, very entrenched in this. And not only that, but my son has been, has his very first t-ball game uh, this weekend too. So like Harding has for the first time in several months, it's just taken like a backseat to, Oh yeah. What? I have a cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah, it's, it's the ebb and flow. Right. So I was trying to find something on my phone that we had talked about and I was going to mention it. Then I just saw someone just posted a thing for sale, but it's uh it's your your awesome snap your neck <laughs> stinger. It's, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think Chris Sorello up there in New York. Yeah, with the uh, snap your neck clutches, which are, are getting pretty good reviews. They so, are. So um, yeah, if, if you have the money and everything to do it, why not? You know, every you know tenth of a second and a two of six is definitely worth your time if. You know, you can max out your equipment that what you have. Yeah. Right now, I'm not losing racing. I'm not losing races by you know 
point one or point two per lap. I'm losing yep. them by like point four, point six per lap. <laughs> yep, it ain't the clutch at that point. So you know, the, the clutch would help, but it ain't the clutch. Cleaning what we have is probably going to do more wonders than getting a new clutch. I could tell you that. I need to clean my clutch before for next week. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I think I was the last one to do yours, and that was what two months ago. <laughs> two months, dude. That was when we did um, the death exactly. cart. Exactly, the death cart. <laughs> The death cart was before we took Flea Market up to Ocala. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah, that's the last time we touched my clutch. So, yeah, been a minute. Oh, actually, I take that back. It's even longer than that. So the clutch I'm on now is the one that you didn't touch because the one that we, the one that you did had the 19 driver on it, and I haven't touched that 19 driver in you know since whenever i've been on 18 basically since ocala so yeah um yeah i gotta clean my clutch (laughs) uh i don't want to make this a a sort of a a servicing maintenance episode um we did go out to cart track today it was awesome i mean we would rather have been at roebling in all fairness Um, but we were missing out on all the craziness that our I still don't know if it's okay. Is it okay to say gang on, on like, podcasts? <laughs> I mean, I've said it, you know, but straight out of Box 206 gang, man. I like that better than squad or crew. Like, straight out of Box 206 gang. <laughs> I don't know. I agree. So, with uh, everything that's politically correct and what's going on, um, yeah, I kind of understand. All right. So, we might end up with straight out of Box 206 squad. Or crew. I don't know. But the gang did real good. I think if I just use the term without saying straight out of the box, it's probably a little better. Yo, shout out to straight out of the box 206 gang, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, got off the phone with some of the guys and uh, it was a really good weekend. Um, oh, did you guys really do a video chat? I missed it completely. Yeah, so Kelly decided that she was going to play with buttons and do this video chat thing, and I had no idea what it was. I think everybody clicked it because no one had any idea what it was, and Kelly's over here, you know, saying, oh, I'm sorry for this, and we're like, okay, well, if we're on the phone, we might as well go ahead and keep trash talking, (laughs) and, uh... Believe it or not, Miguel actually has a uh, mullet, so he'll never be allowed back on this podcast oh, ever again. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I mean that that's probably the reason why he had, like came in last in both races because he had a Jeff Gordon mullet from what nineteen ninety three. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna kill me for this, but it's okay. Um. Yeah, you know where I live too, so that's a <laughs> bummer. But no, so uh, the first day on Saturday, I think uh, the top four out of the five places were all from our local area. Yeah, man. Or our, our gang, or carding dads. <laughs> yeah, or the carding dads. Um, you know, followers that we have, and the thing with uh, road racing that you know I don't think 
gets enough credit to is Quincy Smith has been the road racer for a long time in karting. A long time. And we just got lucky enough that, you know, he was the first one to like our podcast. And I, you know, I kind of gave him my background of what me and you used to do uh, with cars and road racing. And he goes, oh, yeah, I do that in carts. So why don't you come do it with us in carts? And, you know, that's kind of how it got started. So the first race we did uh, last October with the Southern Car Club at Roebling, I think we had like eight or nine people with us. Yep. And now uh, this race, there was, I don't know, like 15 or something. It it, it it was ridiculous. I kind of wish I could have went, but at the same time, it's like, man, they had, I think, 25 or 26 cars total. Yeah, I think I saw 25 total entries, and I think we had six or yeah, seven. Yeah, over half of those were from uh, the Jacksonville group or the Carding Dad's whole group that yeah. uh, you know we've done, and which is so cool because like, how, how the heck do we reach this many people? Uh, <laughs> yeah for sure we're, we're just two like slow guys who just like to have fun i know right but uh no they did really well i saw jorge's video uh yesterday i was i had a family commitment to be at daytona supercross i know it's terrible place to to end up going instead of karting but it was good fun with the family so um we were there and because you're you know obviously walking around and stuff i don't want my face buried in my phone so i didn't keep up with stuff and then when we actually sat down and the races were going on, I could see, you know, catch up a little bit. And Jorge had posted the, the video. And then I caught up on the group chat. And it was like, oh, sweet. You know, first, second, fourth, fifth. I'm like, yes, boys, way to represent. That's what I'm talking about. You know, so. Yeah, and then uh, Gabe, who I guess you knew that he was racing. I didn't know he was racing, but uh, he just got into karting, you know, a couple months ago down in Ocala. Yeah. Uh, he goes out there and wins the whole damn thing. Yeah, November was his first race when we were there. And, yeah, um, it was his first race a few months ago, and he goes out there and wins Roebling Road. It's like, seriously, dude? <laughs> Did he even know where Savannah was? <laughs> <laughs> or not Savannah, I'm sorry. Bloomingdale. And uh, Effingham County. Yes, that's Effingham right. County, Effingham County, Yeah, I, I used to always think Roebling was in Pooler because I used to always go to Pooler and stay in Pooler. And then someone corrected me, nah, it's, it's in Bloomingdale. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. Good Zegler job. Road, flashing yellow light, what, what? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- no, I think I actually turned it into a full cycle light now, so. <laughs> nah, it, it, it's cool. Um, but good job, guys. Way to represent um, Zaxxon 206. And then obviously all the, the Carton Dads guys. Thank you guys for. As always, make making the group look good, but also making Carton look good. I mean, twenty five, yeah, in a class that did not exist two years ago. I mean, one hundred percent. You know what I mean? A class that did not exist, and now, boom! Like we're the biggest, it's the largest class you know? out of the whole field, out of the yeah. whole event. Which yeah. kind of, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on the old school mentalities with the laydowns and the enduros and the twin, you know, KT 100s or the, you know, 125s or whatever like that. But I'm sorry when, you know, you have to call somebody to get out of their garage to custom make a, you a chassis uh, for a laydown. And then you have to call <laughs> somebody else to make a body for you. Um, yeah. And, or you can do sprint and road racing and not have to change anything. Besides your rear wheel with. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll I'll probably flip it around a little bit and say 
I think it speaks more to the 206 and what it is. Yeah. Not so much, you know, CIK versus, you know, lay down on full body. I think just the 206 and what it is allows anybody to get into karting. And there have been beginner karts, right? In KT100 used to be that. Various beginner engines have existed. Um, some of the ADCC stuff we're talking about today. Nothing has been as awesome for anybody who wants to get into karting. Whether you're a really, really good driver who wants to showcase your talent with momentum against a big field, or your total nobody who just wants to learn the first thing about karting like we did, it's, it's awesome. You can get in there and you can find your spot in the pecking order and you can have fun. Because some of, there are some classes, if you don't know the inside you know, tips and secrets, there's no way you'll have fun, right? And there are other things, other classes, where if you're not spending the money, there's no way you'll have fun. You know, it's just, you can't even keep up if you're not spending some money. And then your stuff won't even last if you're not spending the money. And all that is eliminated by the 206. So I know we've always been pro 206, even though that's where we're starting from. And tomorrow, the whole group may decide we're all going KA100, right? Like, not to specifically pick out the KA as the next thing we want to do, but we may all say, all right, as a group, this is what's taken off in our area, in the state of Florida, and this is what we want to support. And so if we yeah. all end up going with, you know, X30s, seriously, if that yeah, comes the up. the X30 is a class that's very intriguing to me personally. Yeah. Um, because it's the next largest class, and depending on what track you go to or what manufacturer chassis you have, there's a big um, big support for the X30. And to the X30 is no joke. Like, that's, that's one thing. It's like, okay, if you're going to take karting serious and you want to hop into an X30, you yeah. know, go do it because, you know, what we have is, I mean, there's no, like, correct political figures for it. But, you know, you're looking from an 8 to 12 horsepower motor to the X30, which motor. is, you know, is a what? I mean, it's straight up 30, right? I mean, that's the whole point of the X30. It's literally <laughs> yeah. a 30 horsepower motor. And so it's so, like, yeah, you, you have these double, 30 to 32 horsepower motors depending right. on who you're building. And if you have your car bright and all, you know altitude yeah. and all that other stuff but do that x30 i'm sorry is no joke and we've seen people which we've always questioned on you know if you want to get into carding why are you choosing an x30 for your first package to get into it is you know it's not a toy yeah it's not <laughs> um i'm sorry it is no no carding no card general i mean i'm I don't mean to get off kind of topic here, but no cart in general is a toy. Right. So us only being, you know, say we're doing 63 to 65 miles an hour at our local track, either at a 360 class or a 390 class, if someone spins sideways and you T-bone somebody, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're 360 or 390, that's how many pound projectile that you are firing at somebody. You have no roll cage. You have no body panels. You don't have any of that. It's just straight, <laughs> you know, it's just straight bumper to body or however you, you hit. You know, it's it's not a toy. It's not like a, just because you have a side fender doesn't mean that it's, you know, you're fully enclosed in a bubble. 
Yeah. Well, even if, you know, even if think... you have that, I mean, it, you know, it's two things that come to mind from just this weekend alone. So I'm a big IndyCar fan. You know that. Um, and this weekend was IndyCar um, first uh, first event of the year, St. Pete. And Robert Wickens, a year ago, got in a you know mad crash going to turn one. Um, and he had spinal injury. And... You know, initial reports were he'll never walk again, blah, blah, blah. Well, like three weeks ago, or probably a month ago, uh, there's a video of him standing up out of his... Oops. Um, I just dropped a, I dropped a headset. I always had a beer in hand. I dropped the other headset. But <laughs> there's a video of him getting up um, out of his seat with the help of, of his, uh, his girlfriend or fiance. I forget. Um, and, you know, it's really cool. And then, like, a week ago, he says, I'm going to St. Pete. And today I watched a video... As I was uh, trying to catch up on the race, there's a video of Robert Wickens riding on a spin bike. He had 300 watts, which is probably like as very little resistance as they can get into that. But a year ago, we didn't know if he would walk again. And this is in an Indy car, right? Which we have to accept that at that level of motorsports, safety is insanely high on the priority list. And those cockpits are like, built to protect the driver as best as they can and it wasn't on a super speedway this was just on a road course right that happened turn one um you know i, I don't want to go into the the deaths that have happened um but the other thing that i was watching friday night netflix just released the formula one um video series right so it's one hour episodes i think there are 10 episodes or it might be 12 i think it's 10 um, but it's for the whole 2018 season. It's on Netflix, F1, Survive to Drive, something like that. But Kevin Magnuson um, is quoted in and maybe the intros or a couple of the episodes as you know, saying, hey, I, I know this is dangerous and I don't care what risk I'm taking. I will take any risk right, to get the best possible result in the day. And that's a completely different mentality from what you and I have, right? We're the total opposite if i i will say that maybe i'm speaking for myself and out of turn i don't have no i agree with you I, I can't tell you how many times like we fist bump and we said hey we gotta come home to our kids yep you know you know and, and this is be just safe like, out there you, you have kids eight to you gotta 12 come horsepower home to. right like total eight to 12 horsepower and um you know it's like we're saying yo let's have fun but let's be safe and imagine, right, those guys at 850 horsepower, right? Right. <laughs> and, you know, K-Mags is like, yeah, no, I don't care, man. I'm take whatever risk I can. And, you know, it's it's part of it. And I know it's part of the sport. I'm not going to not say it's not part of the sport. I know yeah, this but, very well. I mean, yeah. But I mean, we've also crazy. raced at, you know, going 117 miles an hour at Roebling, which, you know, for instance, our guys that we just got – they're talking about, you know, they're doing 70 miles an hour into turn one. And me and you are doing 117 miles an hour into turn one and saying, who's going to break later? Um, so, yeah, you know, like we, we've we've been, you know, side by side a few times, even though your car was way faster than mine in the grand scheme of the class structure. But, you know, we've done it. So if people who don't know, like just think that we've only done karting, you know, at slow speeds together, no, we've gone door to door. You know, at you know, going ten tenths of what your car can do. So, yeah, 
Which brings yeah. us to like a point that you know you brought up today, and which you know we kind of were able to help out a friend um, today that being safe is slow. Safe is slow. <laughs> which, Hash brown. Safe is slow. That's the episode title, straight up. Hash brown. Safe is slow. Yeah, it, it, it's one hundred percent true because, like, after we got done talking about this, you know, my dad always asked me when I got back in the pits with the car. Is hey, what do we need to do to the car to make it go faster? You're you know you're getting destroyed in this turn and that turn. And I'm like, Dad, I mean, I don't know. Like it feels good. Like the car feels like it's on rails. The car feels, you know, I have acceleration. The brakes are good. You know, the tires feel good. Um, you know, we prod all the tires and to check the temperatures in the car, and everything was good. So I I never made changes to my car whatsoever. But I didn't right. have data either. Um, but now that we have data, the cards that you showed me, I'm always second guessing myself that I think I'm doing really good. And I have told you, I don't know how many times that I am the most consistent driver on the planet of being slow because I could take, uh, a your FRS or a freaking <laughs> bulldozer and run the same lap time. Yeah, I, I could take your FRS. You I could take my Volkswagen. I could take your old Titan. I could take my Volkswagen Touareg, uh, my dad's Ram, uh, my mom's Jeep, my Sonata, and run a 125.7 at Roebling Road. <laughs> Plain and simple. It doesn't matter what I'm going to do. If you need an enduro driver to create the same exact consistent left speed, I am the guy because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, so hey, that's just dude, me. Dude, it's we, like, we I, just moved you up from your old RA1s to these new Maxis. You ought to go a whole second faster. Nope. Same lap time. The same exact lap time. Dude, I, <laughs> I had a... <laughs> this is so sad. I had a 20 or uh, 1987 Golf. A 1.8 turbo. It was 150 horsepower, almost 200 foot pounds of torque. It only weighed 1,800 pounds. I ran. It was a full cage car, the the best suspension that you could get for the Volkswagen, for the um, for the golf, the Mark II golf at the time. I ran the same exact time as I did in my 2015 Volkswagen Golf GTI. Stock suspension, stock everything. All I did is I called uh, Long Road Racing and ordered some uh, Continental Slicks from yep. IMSA series. Yep. It took the same exact time. Yeah, <laughs> almost, almost to, almost to the hundredth. Turned the same exact time, and I'm like, seriously, like this is crazy. Yeah, um, we're breaking <laughs> you out of that. Don't worry. It's that was the old you. The new you won't do that anymore. But yeah, so it it, it goes back to that safe is slow. And we, you know, we go back to the subject that uh, we came across a guy today that, you know, who wants to kind of go faster. And, you know, we're talking to him about his cart and, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I do. I'm like, you know, it's your comfort zone. A a comfort zone is not a good thing to be in. (laughs) That is, that is the real truth. I think we've we've always been told that, right? You just you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to push uh, this. You got to push that. Not last week's episode with with our special guest, Scusa National Champion Jorge Ruz. No, not that one. The episode before that, when I talked about our testing goals, may have a nice, comfortable breaking point for a corner. And sometimes that's not a corner to worry about. 
But if that's the most critical corner for you, right, it's a corner that leads on to the longer stretch of full throttle and people are leaving you by multiple cart lengths at the end of it, that's a corner you need to focus on. And you need to figure out whether you need to, in some cases, yeah, you do have to go slow and fast out, right? But in other cases, you might just be slowing down really early because it's just the human nature. There is a wall coming in or I don't want to mess it up. And if you identify that people are breaking way later than you are, everybody's passing into that corner, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You know, wherever your brain right. is telling you to stop, don't stop there. Figure out where everybody else is able to push their brains. You know, racing is probably more mental than physical in some cases, but it's a big mental game. You have to push the mental side. In other cases, where it's the exit too, yeah, it's like, I can't get on the throttle. I can't get on the throttle. I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to wait. No. Sometimes you have to commit. Um, Ross Bentley taught me one thing in person a while back, and it stuck with me. He came to CMP. I did an in-classroom training, and we were talking at the end of the day about something else. As we were talking, he's like, you know what? For some people who you can't convince to, to break deeper, just have them work on you know, the, amount, the percentage of a lap where they are at full throttle. Just ask him really quickly, hey, just think about it. For the entire lap, what percentage would you say you're at full throttle? And the answer they might come up would be you know, 50%, 55%, 60%. And just ask, what would it take to increase that percentage by five or six points? That's all. We're not asking you to do anything crazy. Don't pick the most dangerous place. Just figure out where on the track that you go to maybe 50% throttle for a little bit, then you go to 100% throttle, or where you just go slowly from zero to 100% throttle. Now, I know this isn't a car. Throttle pedal is basically on and off, but the principle is, in theory, the same. If somebody has enough throw to modulate, there are cases where you don't commit to full throttle. And the person, the first person to full throttle is the person who's going to win, right, that drag race, not the first person to throttle. So that's another thing you can work getting out of your comfort zone. And sometimes when you go to full throttle, oh, that card is going to get squirrely, right? And that card is going to break out of the rails that it's on because the back end is going to get a little more power and a little more kick. And it's like, no, no, I don't want it to get squarely. I'm afraid I'm going to spin out. But sometimes you have to trust the chassis and the tires. And that's one thing Ron mentioned to me really early as he was helping us. You've got to learn to trust the tire, right? If you, know, you watch a lot of my early videos, and I still make that mistake even today, as the cart is starting to break loose, I end up overcorrecting, right? It's like, oh, no, you don't. But you got to trust that. There's some lateral slip that's involved in every tire. It's going to break loose a little bit as the rotation kicks in and the velocity increases. And it's just going to go, but then at some point, it'll catch and it's going to stay. Sometimes you just got to let it do its thing instead of fighting it and counter-steering or backing off the throttle to, to get the grip back. So you just got to get out of your comfort zone. Simple as that. Yeah. And in my opinion... Like everything you said is absolutely spot on, and you've had several discussions with me and about this whole thing. And like, I take that you know to heart, and I've listened to the episodes that Ross Bailey's talked about, you know, different things with you know, the person the, the person who's on full throttle the soonest is always going to yep. be faster that corner to a certain point, um, <clears throat> who has the grip and everything that you need. Um, uh, 
But I think something that goes underutilized that I had to kind of just reset, you know, my my memory um, is a like a no breaking session. Yeah. So a no breaking session is you go through every high speed turn that you have on your track or whatever, and you don't break. Like you don't have a break. So if you overdrive the turn, that is on you. You know, you don't you don't rely on your brakes to be able to make that turn. So the two turns that I was struggling with the longest time was turns uh, one and two at our local track, which is you're coming off, you know, the backstretch, which is, you know, it's over a thousand feet or right at a thousand feet. Uh, you're doing 65 plus miles an hour. You're going into a bank turn that. You know, your elite drivers, your Corey Tolls, your Sean Myers, your Chris Carrolls, your Barry Hastings, uh, they're not lifting, right? And when you get to this turn, all of a sudden you see that turn, you're like, oh man, I got lift, I got a break. Yep. Well, they're not doing it, so I should be able to do it. And, well, I can't. So, yep. sometimes like, you know what, just send it. Because I've gone off so many times there, I have crashed, I've bent bumpers i've had hurt my neck and you know hitting the barriers over there um in that area uh should i think even uh our tuner ron said that he's actually gone off a of turn one all the way into the fence by the it went all the way through the, the fence street itself yeah through the fence almost to the road which is almost 100 yards from the track somebody did something dumb and ron had to avoid it wasn't like a regular mistake but yeah the point being it's yeah. a scary turn you know yeah, it, it's because you're wide open. If you're an X30, you're doing over 70 miles an hour, 70, 75 miles an hour. And X30s only usually have rear brakes. Now, yeah. if you're in the shifter chassis and have front brakes, it's a lot better. But still, there's, you know, a shifter car you're doing over 80 miles an hour. Needless to say, you get an air bubble in your brake lines. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? There's nothing you, you can deploy do. deploy air brakes, man. Reverse thrusters. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to do? Hit the parachute button like on a drag ship? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so having a no-breaking session, no matter what track you go to, if you ever get like a chance to be by yourself, um, it's kind of funny because, you know, where we come from, you'll see, you know, three, four, five, six hundred horsepower Corvettes going down road Atlanta on the backstretch, and then all of a sudden they realize that they can't use their brakes and you're in a Honda Civic or for me a Volkswagen and you're going by them because you know for a fact your car's going to stick at, you know, 110 miles an hour and they know for a fact that their car's not going to work at 110 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> so it, it gets you in that kind of comfort zone that if something fails, you have that mental aspect in your mind that I can still do this. Yeah. Right, so having that no break session, and for me, at the time that I was doing it, I was six hundred RPM higher coming out of that turn two than I was going normally full throttle, stab it on the brakes, uh, being on the brake, and come to find out I was on the brake for way too long, pedaling the throttle, which is not very good at two six to pedal the throttle. Yeah. Uh, because you either need to be full brake or full gas, or or I wouldn't say full gas, but uh, you need to either be on the brake or off. And then depending on how your 
sensitivity on your throttle is to be able to, you know, kind of throttle steer yourself around. Um, I wasn't doing that. Yeah. So I was either on the brake or on the gas or on the brake or on the gas. And you can see it in the data. You, I'm having all these spikes going through this turn. So I told my dad, I said, dad, I'm doing a no brake session. I am, I, I got to figure this turn out on my own. You know, the only way to do this is yes, I might go through a set of tires or so. Um, hell, I might even, you know, break my chassis, but I got to figure out this turn because it's killing me. Yeah. And, um, that's what I did. And come to find out, I was like, oh my God, you know, this turn isn't as scary as what I think it is because I've done this so many times and not using my brake. And sure enough, I went back, looked at the data, I was over 600 RPM faster, but I never even touched the brake. I get off the gas way sooner than I normally do. And it's not use the brake. I just go coast all the way through it. So I tell people, you know, to this day still, it's like, hey, are you on the brakes on turn two? They're like, yeah, man, I'm heavy on the brakes. He's like, why? <laughs> you know, you don't have to if you don't want to. Just take a deep breath, slow everything down, and you can figure it out. So that was me. That's the story that I, right now I have in my comfort zone. Right. Is My comfort zone was extremely slow. And I broke out of that. And next thing you know, I went from you know, averaging, you know, mid 42 second laps or four, three second laps of being down, you know, to the low 41s for, for a while. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the comfort zone is you have, you can't be in a comfort zone. Yes. You want to just, you know, in your mind, you always think about your safety, right? You know, for us, we're not looking to be in carding for a living, you know, carding, you know, does it make us money? This podcast <laughs> doesn't make us money what makes us money is our jobs, you know, we have families, right? So Yep. I every time I hobbies. That's Yeah, that's every it. time I go on the track, I you know, I tell myself, you know, I'm coming home after this race. I after this qualifying session, I'm I'm coming home. Yeah. And that that's my number one mentality. So if I don't make the pass for a certain reason, it's just because I get kind of maybe that safe comfort areas like, you know what? I'm going home to see my family. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't push that envelope. I don't have that respect on the track. Like, oh man, that's that, that's you know the two eighty seven cart. You know, yeah, he he's fast. No, that's no, that's not me. I, I haven't won that to you know kind of get that respect a little bit. No, I mean I'm just some Joe Blow guy out there. You know, having fun. Hey, hey, if we have to, we'll have the best last place battle ever. Yeah, no, for yeah, and <laughs> that that yes, one hundred percent because it has happened. Uh, like for instance, today you and you know, uh, you and Steven, you know, fist pumping each other, uh, <laughs> you know, around 63, 64 miles an hour before the braking zone. It was like, all right, who's gonna break last? Yeah, I saw that. Don't don't think I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't know you saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Well, here I figured if there was ever a time to practice it with somebody, because man, everybody's getting fast. So Steven was right there with me today in practice. Like I may, I may have to have the final last lap drag race with him. So, fist bump, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just a respect move. Like if some guy that I didn't know uh, came up and did that to me, I'd be like, all right, man. Yeah, you might have me on the other side, but yeah, I got, I see you. Yeah, I'll give you your space, and you know, you better give me my space. Yeah, um, 
Well, then it's a sign of respect too, like the way we see it. And we're not we're not saying this is how Carton ought to be. By the way, this is yeah, one hundred percent. No, yeah, that's we have not true. This way, if you don't do this this way, it doesn't mean anything. No, the thing is, look, if you're passing by your friend, what's more important to you, the pass or the fact that you've got your buddy with you and join in this sport? And that's really all we're advocating. We care more about like being out there with our, a group of guys. It doesn't have to be a close friend. It doesn't matter who it is, but it's it's so much more important to recognize that you're privileged to be able to do this and have fun. I don't know. Passing someone isn't like so important that I'll keep my head down and focused on, on the pass and like, Oh, you suck. I'm passing you. No, no, that's not why we're doing it. It's all right. I got this. This is what we care about. The butt clinching time, you know, anyone can drive around by themselves, but this is what we hope for to race with your buddy where it's like, who's going to hang on? Who's going to have that drag race? You know, who is going to be able to draft the other person to the final corner? Like, I think side-by-side finishes are way more fun for everybody involved. Even if you're the one who loses out, um, a side-by-side finish is way more fun than having, you know, pass somebody and beating them by, like, you know, two or three seconds. Yeah, sure, you won. Sometimes it's important to have the wins. Absolutely. But you won't remember that win where you blew past someone and finished three seconds ahead as much as you'll remember the one where you were side by side and you're both hopping in your seats, like trying to get to the finish. Like, hey, remember that time? (laughs) Remember, you know, like that'll stick with you forever. So that's really what this is all about is, you know, remembering those moments and the way you remember them. It's like, remember that one time where we had to fist bump? Remember that time where, you know, he tapped my motor? Remember that time? Like those are those are the moments we're trying to preserve for ourselves. So I got my practice in with Steven. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the the story that I have for that is I mean I've told you this and I've told, you know, a lot of people this. But uh I was racing really close with uh Barry in Ocala last year and Barry's always been way faster than me and I finally yeah. got to the point where I, I don't know like I guess just it just happened to be my day at the time. Yeah, that day was that I qualified. Solid. Yeah, that I qualified right behind him, and I just happened to hit the line right off the start, and we kind of freight trained him, and he was going back, and yeah, he got shuffled backwards. And we're going into, I guess it would be turn two at Ocala, which is a fast left hander, um, without the chicane, it makes it even you know kind of more scary, right? But. I have never, like, raced with a guy in a cart that passed me so cleanly, and he gave me all the space that I needed, and I gave him all the space that he needed. I Like, I went out on the rumble strips where I've been out there, and I knew that I had, like, I had the run, right? Like, yes, he might have got me on the in the inside, but I know my cart could stick out there, and we went all the way to three, and we drag raced through. And in my helmet, like, I am screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm like, that is how you race. Yeah. Yes, he beat me through the turn. You know, he came out of, I mean, he didn't come from nowhere. Like, I knew he was behind me. Yeah, um, he made, he made him a charge back, I, man. He, he dropped yeah, back. Like, I remember that race clearly because I was really hoping you'd you'd fight him off. I mean. I was trying to. And like, I raced. Like, he raced me so clean. And, you know, the only person, you know, besides, you know, the people in our group, uh, Corey has done the, the same thing to me. You know, it makes me really clean. But the way that Barry passed was just so, 
like perfect and crisp and it's just like you know what this is what a 206 card is you don't have to bump people to move them out of the way you don't have right. to slam people if you have the run you have the run you know we we i don't know how many episodes we've talked about you know the person making the pass has all control right and well like, not necessarily took, control they have the responsibility <laughs> yeah they you know and he he did it like so he did it perfect and like in my head in my helmet i'm like i could take that like i i literally i literally got past cleanly like he had the best run his cart was handling the best at the time i made that you know i might have had to do one or two corrections on the steering wheel or whatever or have to lift a little bit he had the momentum he had the perfect pass and i told him after that race i said man I've never really raced with you because I've never been fast enough to kind of catch up with you. But if that if that's how you race, I am willing to race with you side by side every single freaking race. If I can catch up with you, I know for a fact that you will pass me clean or I'll pass you clean. And I've never been able to pass them since then. But somebody will turn him around or something and then yeah. he'll have like five places to make up to get back to you. Yeah, so it's like it, it. It goes back to you know the comfort zone. Like if you're in your comfort zone and you just want to give up that position and not race for it, you're never going to. You're never going to succeed. And you know, I quote unquote sense it. I put two wheels off and I went off the rumble strips. I hit the big old dip. That's after that, and I like I wasn't lifting. I'm like, no, this dude passed me clean. I'm I'm racing him all the way down to the end. If I spin out, that's on me. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that, that the comfort zone, that is such a hard mental barrier to break. It's just like any any athlete who gets a mental wall, no matter what sport you're doing, uh, soccer, wrestling, basketball, baseball, uh, track or field, you get to the point where you feel that little bit of exhaustion or a little bit of fatigue and a muscle that you use all the time. And then you're in your mind, it's like, oh, that's it. I can't believe it's happening again. I can't believe it's happening again. And you're not mentally tough enough to say, you know, screw this. No, this is just a wall. This is just a mental barrier that you have to break. Yeah, break it. You have to. If you don't do it, you're never going to get to the results that you want. If you're if you're totally satisfied with that, by all means, if you're keeping if that's what's fun for you in carding and that's how you want to be. <coughs> excuse me. I, I, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you should stop carding. Um, whatever's fun for you. Image in my head since you said that. By so, flipping your car over a fence. No, not that. Oh. The best visual depiction of, you know, the runner's block or right hitting that wall, um, is actually in a, I don't want to call it a crappy movie because I absolutely love it. It's not very popular in. Maybe it's popular in America. I don't know. But it's a Simon Pegg movie. Run, fat boy, run. Uh, funny thing, it was actually in a trivia question that we played yesterday while we were You call out. me fat? Uh, run, fat boy, run. It's not even about a fat boy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I plead the fifth on that one. But yeah, I mean, the whole point was, uh, it was a trivia question yesterday. And it's a Simon Pegg movie. I was like, nobody's like, we haven't seen it. And I'm like, oh. Well, let me tell you about Run Fat Point Run. It's about Run as well. But the the bit that Matt, you know, is important to this is you know, Simon on his actual run. I won't tell the whole story of the movie. Run Fat Boy Run is a fun movie. Go watch it. Another Emmanuel recommendation. I don't know if it's a good one or not. But he actually 
he's running, running, running in like mile 10 of a marathon, like boom, hits the wall, right? And then because he's a daydreamer, the wall is actually built up in front of him. It's a full brick wall. Like he can't go anymore. Like he runs and smack into the wall. There's an amazing visual, de- you know, depiction of how you go through all these things in your head. Do you quit or do you find that extra bit in you to go beyond that wall? I don't think I have like an actual wall in like carding as it relates to oh something I have to fight through, but I think it's just just a mental reminder of exactly what you're working on or what you want to focus on. So today's practice, for example, um, I'm st- I still have a problem with my micron. I haven't fixed it yet. So I thought I had, but I hadn't. So my micron didn't really recording laps today other than the first three or four when I realized we're still doing that. But um, I'll have it fixed before the race, by the way. I know exactly how to fix it. I've been told how to fix it. I was just being lazy. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing manual. is... What's that? <laughs> it's a typical manual. Oh, man, hush your face. But the the whole deal is I didn't remember to go flat through certain sections of the track, especially turn one, until much later um, when I was playing with Dan. And now it's like, I'm actually going to stretch my legs now just to show him, you know, how much quicker, right, he could be going compared to what he's doing now. Because I stayed with him for a little bit, and it's like, okay, this this is this is it. This is where I'm pulling out of the draft, and I'm still passing you all that stuff. But just to give you a big idea of what what the gap really is, is I'm going to go for broke. And it was that point where I remembered. It's like, oh crap, Emmanuel, you haven't gone flat through one all day, you know. And so. It took me, like, the two laps, I stretched my legs. The first one, I stayed in the gas all the way. I dabbed the brakes just a hair. I was like, off the brakes. And then I turned in. And then the next lap, I mean, my foot was on that brake pedal, ready to jam it. But it was no brake, no brake, no brake, no brake. And then I was so focused on not braking that I was completely, like, not prepared for turn two. And so it was a gather up turn to sort of deal. But I had gone the whole day and not practiced that one thing. So I think that's, I want to put that caveat there. Like we're not saying like go crazy trying to overcome a million things. Just pick something to work on and remind yourself to focus on that thing. I think that's, you know, that's really, really important. Um, perfect practice is what gets perfect results, not just practice. Uh, if if you're a diehard like athlete with a true pro coach, you've heard this before. It's not just practice. Practice is by itself doesn't do what we think it is. Seat time by itself doesn't do what we think it does. It's focused seat time if you're relating this to cars. And you have to pick exactly what you're working on. You know, some days it doesn't have to be something, you know, specific. It could be a day where you're trying a bunch of things, right? And you're working on feeling different things. You're working on something. You can't just go drive the same number of laps the same way you've driven them, expecting to go quicker. It ain't going to happen. Uh, you know, if, you're, if your kid, and I'm, I'm waiting for this because I, I expect to be able to transfer as much of, I may not have the actual driving skill, but the theoretical knowledge I, I have. And hopefully one of my kids has 
you know, some, some measure of talent that allows them to, to build on it. And if they do, I want to see if I could actually translate what I say in my words to something they can do and helping them to focus on the things that I can see they're good at and the things that they're not, you know, they're not good at. Get somebody else to help figure out a way they can learn it because if they ain't good at it and I keep telling them the same thing, I'm just going to be beating the drum or, you know, beating a dead horse or whatever. You're going to have to find a new way to learn that thing. And so that's something that's kind of been in the back of my mind as well. Like I'm waiting to explore that. But since we're talking about walls and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I thought about hitting a wall and carding and it's not really a wall. It's what do you focus on? So I don't know. I'm always yeah. asking for feedback. So this is one of those things where for this episode, that's probably a feedback. I want to hear about if anybody has like something that they focused on and not just the generic things. I know like everybody has their own thing, but it was something cool that you think somebody else could, could learn from share with us and I'm happy to, to post it on the episode or, you know, talk about it in one of our upcoming episodes because I only have, you know, my experience and you only have your experience. The more people who can share what they know and what they're running into it's more we can share with everybody else and they can put it in their back pocket, you know? No, I agree 100%. And, you know, the that's probably the hardest part of either any sports, especially auto sports, um, with that mental block because it's like, okay, you know, oh, break, break, break. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, man, did I miss it or not? Well, you can't take it back. You know, you can't take that lap back. That time, you know, overall time, if you are two, three seconds off pace and you're doing a 20, 30, 40, 100 lap race and you're 0.3 off every time, yeah, yeah, man, it, it's going to be a long day for you. And if you're 0.3 off on natural talent, I understand that. But if you're 0.3 off and 0.2 of it is because of comfort or indecisions, yeah, you have more in your car than what you know. Like, you're a better driver than what you think. Yep. And I think a lot of our friends that we race with, you know, you know, include ourselves at the same time, we're not trying to say, oh, you know, we're better than everybody by no means. But, you know, that's our biggest holdback. There's a reason why, you know, Jacksonville has some of the best drivers in the country um, because they've already broken through those walls. And you can see it. Like, you can yeah. literally see, it's like, oh, man, how do they take that turn flat? You know, how are they doing this? Why isn't their car, you know, uh, have that major weight transfer that mine does that we're on the same chassis? Well, they figured it out, right? So they've broken those walls. They've broken those barriers. They're not in their comfort zone. They're pushing it to the absolute max of what they could possibly do. And if they're holding themselves back when they come in the pits, they're not happy because they know that they messed it up. And, you know, if that's what, if that's, you know, fun for them, then all, you know, all means have fun. (laughs) You know, would that turn me from carding? If I get like that competitive and stuff, maybe, you know, but some people, they just like to push that absolute envelope. And the only person they're racing is themselves. They don't care about everybody else, you know, which is totally fine. You know, I, I understand. I, I am I am cool with that. You know, they're willing to help out everybody that they possibly can. But, you know, everybody has a different idea of what fun is. So Winning is fun. I mean, we're not saying it's not. Winning is absolutely fun for a lot of people. 
and it should be. And we're not saying don't win. We want we want to win. We want to win badly. A lot of the tips in here are things that we want to keep doing to to get better at winning. That said, we also recognize what's more important, right? Winning isn't the most important thing, contrary to what motorsport means. If you're not trying to be the next great, and I don't, I just don't want to say Michael Schumacher, but the next big deal, right? Then you just have to evaluate what's more important: winning today or winning next week or winning next month or next year yeah there's a, there's a reason why there's only a few and you know yes a 42 field in nascar or whatever might sound like a lot of drivers but there's a reason why there's only a few people in the grand scheme of racing and everything you can think of <clears throat> i mean hell we can go up to newcastle and have a bigger field than 42 people um that's just a card alone but you know, in Formula One, what, there's 20-something cars? 20. There's a reason why there's an elite few people that race. They all have that killer instinct, and they're all the best of the best of what they do, but you can only have one winner. You know, yeah. you can only have one winner. You can only have one winning team. We beat the horse a little bit on safe and slow. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I think people just, yeah, no, but it, it's a good fact. It's a good if you want to push yourself to that limit, yeah, that's that's what you have to think. Safe and slow. And if you don't want to, then you know that's on you. You know that that's cool. But you know when you come back to the pits, you know, don't make excuses. You know exactly what you did wrong, and say, hey, this is what I did wrong. Not you know weather or my tire temps were off or you know the typical excuse that you can hear from any kind of racing. You know, drag racers are probably the worst out of all people. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you know, it's just like, okay, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Just admit it and just move on. Yeah. So coming up races, we have, uh, we have the SSKC, um, yep. 16th, 17th. Yeah. March 16th, 17th in, uh, Ocala. And then the following weekend, uh, in Jacksonville, we have the Maxis tour coming, uh, coming back for the first race of the year. Two weeks, two weeks after that. Yeah, we have a local race the same weekend as SSKC. So if you're closer to Jacksonville and you want to come race with us, that's cool. If you have the wheels and everything needed um, to go race, you know, with the SSKC, by all means, please do that too. Uh, pretty much just go out and support whatever race you can, you know, because without drivers, there's no races. So that's the whole point right. of this as well. So uh, those are the two events coming up. Uh, once we get more word from... Our fellows at Robley, maybe next week, uh, we'll break down that whole um, race. Uh, neither one of us got to go up there and watch, uh, but we've been, you know, getting a little bit of the, like the live feed from it, and uh, it seemed like they all had a blast, and yeah, it was really cool. So I'm glad that they're supporting this other car club with their road racing, and you know, we'll be doing that again in October. So. Uh, I'm excited for that. But right now, yeah, the SSKC, our local race uh, next weekend on the 16th and 17th, and then the Maxis race on the following weekend. So if you guys are, are around and available, you know, you have three races within, you know, two weeks. So please support at least one of them. Copy that. That's a good way to, to end this one. I agree, man. You guys take it easy. And uh, thanks again for listening. Peace out. See ya.